0: are we at 76 yep we are at episode 76 thank you for returning to join us we are sorry for the massive delay i will take responsibility for that it's my birthday week and then we had thanksgiving
1: nah don't take responsibility for
0: uh you know life gets in the way
1: (sighs) life and this is
0: free and it's fun so (laughs) that's why free and fun stuff is always delayed
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, we have...
0: we'll
1: it's have... not that we love you any less no. it's that we love our lives even more well <laughs> sometimes well late at night as opposed to this morning where i'm probably a little bit more sprightly because yeah. we're doing it earlier my time three hours delayed joanne's time yeah. um, tends to be a little bit easier but hey yeah both of us you know i've been working late hours since i got back from morocco mm. so it really it, it Puts a damper on everything because I can't get to the gym because I'm working super late. Can't get to, you know, yoga or any of these classes. Um, I have articles to write. I have uh, domestic duties that were far, far postponed uh, that I need to take care of. So, uh, you know, life gets in the way. Yeah. So apologies. Um, we'll, we'll try to keep it on point every two weeks. And if you're just tuning in, welcome. Yes.
0: If you are a first time listener, we appreciate your listening. We're gonna catch up on a lot of the new bike launches because a bunch of stuff just came out from everybody it seems like well all the europeans i feel like all the europeans launch stuff bmw the triumph the ducatis the mv augustas the even benelli i think uh or motor like one of the obscure for sure. Of, one of the obscure brands even launched stuff so there's a lot of bike launches because EICMA, as you may or may not know is every november it's the oldest motorcycle show in the world as far as i know and it's the largest I, I still believe it's the largest but it was mm-hmm. started in italy in milan in the um 20s or something 20s or 30s so it's been around and it's where everybody launches first typically then there might be some random launches at some of the other shows like the bar the germany has their show but monoblot yeah I, no. I, I don't know what Germany's. i can't remember what they're called but icma is where it's at yeah. So Yamaha did their launch there, BMW did, Triumph did, Ducati did lots of stuff. So we'll do bike launches. Um I'm still incapacitated, so I've only ridden like 10 miles in the last month. Mm. Mm. I'm going to we're going to put the bikes away today. Well, we're just going to park Aww. them. In, we're just going to park them in the back of the garage so they're harder You're to gonna get to. You're going to put them to sleep. No. Kinda, of, but not really. It just means they're it just we're just freeing up parking for the car because
1: so getting from the sick west sick of that. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to jockey stuff that's not going uh, out. From yeah, the west yeah. coast to the east coaster. So are you putting stable in there or you know, what's the what's the uh, east coast trend for all I, of us on the west coast who don't put our bikes to bed?
0: Typically when you put it away for like six months, you have to use a stabilizer. So mm. you know, we're talking November to May, but that's not me. I'm I'm not putting it away for that long. I'll probably pop it out and ride it once a month, except in January and February. So um, I'm not going to stabilize it unless I know I'm not going to ride for at least three months, two to three months at least. But last winter I didn't because I rode up until the end of November and I didn't get back on until I think like the first of March. And it was fine. So, huh. um, or December, I think December might've been my last ride, like one day. So um, my friend told me or my mechanic told me that, it, you know, unless it's like six months, you're fine. A couple months, it'll be just fine. So I'll, I have some, I don't know, maybe I'll just throw some in there. We'll see. But um yeah, yeah I don't know them. whether or
1: not stable uh is something for the oxygenates or something for the fuel itself. But I can tell you that it's for the fuel, ethanol, sadly, as an oxygenate and a rather new oxygenate uh, replacing MTBE, mm-hmm. is uh likes to convert itself back to water. So I think
0: the stabilizer keeps also keeps it from separating, right? Um,
1: okay. So, yeah, because that you might not find Until you get to the bottom of your tank If you're someone like me who says mm-hmm. Oh, it says I've got 15 more miles on this bike Oops
0: <laughs> Yeah, I I'll, I'll, maybe I'll, I might put just a little bit in there Because I think I'll be riding far less Than I did last winter mm. So, um, but yeah, we'll, She's
1: expecting the great El Nino We'll do that
0: Well, here, I think we're supposed to have Well, I keep hearing two th- different things We're going to have a mild winter No, we're going to have a bad one Mm. I, it's still, it, it's been a warm, like already right now, last year it was, uh, I believe a little colder and starting to snow, so we haven't had anything like that here because we're so close to the water, because we're down in the far right corner, so we're not anywhere near the mountains, and they have snow, I mean, they might have snow, and they have colder temperatures, so we're we're actually pretty good, like it was, it's only going to be 50s this week, it was 65 last Friday, totally could have been riding, Wow. but broken and working so we'll, we'll do bike updates and then I have gear updates I finally wrote a pant review for my track pant I also um I did a little heated gear write-up for ladies who are shopping for heated gear because we really only have like two options so I broke down all the options Really? yeah not very many people make plug-in 12 volt heated gear for women there's a ton of 7 volt but when you're riding you need 12 volt because 7 volt doesn't cut it for wind chill. It's fine for your bicycle because you're going like 10 miles, pedaling at 5 or 10 miles an hour. Mm, gotcha.
1: So but that's where the, the gear is no longer uh, doing anything. And it's not meant for motorcycle use. They will. Yeah, you, meaning, meaning that bicycle and motorcycle don't, um, you can't share the two. Not quite. Sorry, We've the hated. word escapes me.
0: <laughs> so I did a little <laughs> breakdown Dude. of that. And then I finally replaced my Zumo. So got, oh, I yes. I Zumo. So, the
1: suicidal Zumo. Yeah, but
0: I can't, can't use it yet. I also got a new tank bag for my birthday and a new <gasps> backpack. It was a really good month.
1: <laughs> Krieger backpack, for who made your tank bag? I did get
0: another one. I got, so this is actually one of my favorite tank bags in the world. It's Cortec. They actually make killer little tank bags. They're, you know, they're not the coolest looking bags in the world, but they're really useful. They're really durable. They last forever. And actually the new ones look really cute. Like I like the one I got. It's an 8-liter, and it expands to 12, so it's not ginormous, and it's like uh, curved, so it's great for the sporty tank people, and it's a little Super 2.0 tank bag. I can't remember. It's called a compact or something because they had a little 8-liter, and all you could put in it was your phone, maybe a can of Coke, and your keys like it was really tiny no so they replaced it with this guy (laughs) yeah like it's just it was too small so they came out with the super low profile which is perfect because that's how i lost my tank my garmin in the first place was it was too tank bag conflict yeah the tank bag was so high that when i put the garmin in the mount it didn't click in Hmm. so it's the the garmin mount is is pretty solid Um, On that 660 I had, so it's not the fault of the garment. It's really the tank bag because I've, um, I had that problem before where at one time I was putting it in and I, and I was like, why can't I push it in all the way? And then I realized Mm. my bag was in the way and it wasn't clicking because I, I like to hear that noise to make sure it's in there. But um, this little guy's about 80 bucks. It depends. um, I think which size you buy. Where's my chat window? Oh, did I turn off my video? Can you see me? Am I? Um, hold on.
1: (laughs) Since I have so many windows open, you're the last person I'm staring at. Oh, okay. Uh, That's fine. No, your video is not on.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, hold on. It's okay. I I don't want to turn me off. All right. It's not pretty, (laughs) though, because the closet's, like, blocking everything. So, this little tank bag, it comes, oh, my God, it's Cyber Monday. I totally forgot.
1: Yeah. Because I'm not so we we probably won't post this until tomorrow because we will both be shopping after we get home tomorrow. No. <laughs> I
0: actually have to go to the dentist today. That's that's all I get to do.
1: Well, I definitely need <clears> to go shopping <throat> and hit up Cyber Monday because I uh, want to. my my I want to 78 shop. needs new booties, so I figured today would be a good day to wait and look for tires.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea.
1: Yeah, because um. I finished my plastics. Well, sort of. I've got I've got the clear coat on Almost all of my plastics. I don't have the clear coat on the tank yet, and I did not yeah. finish the um, front fender. Hmm. But the front fender is uh, is matte white and... Um... Needs a little something to lighten it up since I just went stir crazy and Mm -hmm. started to do all kinds of things other than writing the article about Morocco, which I should have been doing. So as you can see, this is why podcasts don't get recorded because there are so many things that have been sitting there (laughs) that stare at me when I sit down and try to focus. So, um, at any rate, yay, Cyber Monday. Don't forget to get some deals. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um.
0: So, you know, I, I don't know. we just jump into gear since we're kind of talking about stuff. Um, have you picked up anything new in the last month or so? Like,
1: I don't know, no, but I might be in? shortly. I'm still trying to find a replacement leather jacket for um, for the Nikita, which is too short in the waist for me um, to okay. be zipped in as a two piece leather. To zip into what? To zip into my leather pants. Oh, the, the Dionese ones? Belts.
0: Yeah. Well, your yeah. only option with Dianese is really the racing. Have you tried that yeah, on Yeah, there's
1: like a, a D1 yes. or a race jacket, and I think that might be long enough.
0: It runs longer if you can... Yeah. Yeah. If you can find the older one, which is the C2, it's C2, even slimmer and just a hair longer. It's great, but they got rid of it and came out with this D1, which I think is not as nice as the C2. So if you're... Um, I don't know, I would think in L.A. and some of the shops, they probably have stuff lying. A lot of shops might have old stuff, you know.
1: Considering um, Costa Mesa is not only home to California's, well, one of two California um, D-stores, it's also home to corporate. So they might have that jacket laying around. We'll see because I need to touch base again. It's when you send out an email asking questions to the rep for honda uh on the verge of their africa twin uh, launch as well as the rep for dainese during icma it's really not going to get you very far because he's very busy and i understand that um so we we chatted at ims and and i need to follow up this week
0: nice um just tell me
1: about your gear would you buy so
0: well, there were really more gifts. The only thing, actually, the last thing I purchased was the replacement Zumo. So I had a 660 LM, and it was their older model. It's like five or six years old. I got the 390, which is pretty much the same unit, just the newer version of it. So it just means it's it was like $80 more than mm. the 660 was, and then... They cha- They upgraded the OS so it runs, the interface is better, and it has a faster processor. But it does, still does the same stuff. It just looks a little neater. It has a different mount, just comes with slightly different mount system. I can still use my little RAM mount for it. Um, so it just it's the newer version of it, same size, free mm-hmm. lifetime mapping. It just is easier to use and scroll through <laughs> the menus. But no...
1: But no free lifetime suicide prevention policy no, but uh
0: because I have a small business card, a visa small business card, Visa business services replaces lost and stolen items. yes, so that's oh yes. good if you're a small business owner, you can take advantage of that if you have that just uh there's if you google for the website, Visa business services. It applies to any uh, person who holds a Visa business card with their bank. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. bank either. Mine's Wells Fargo. But even if you have like a Capital One, it doesn't matter. Visa business services is where that comes in. Because if you're like, like if you go to the Wells Fargo business site, things they advertise is, you know, open up a credit card and you'll get all these great things like, you know, theft protection, fraud protection, and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. They so want to bury you in credit. Yeah, it's one of those perks. So that's how I replaced that, um, but I did upgrade. So they just re- they reimbursed me for what I paid for the last one. Paid a little bit more and got the new one. Awesome. But I haven't used it because I'm not riding ish. Not really riding. The nice thing about the 390LM also is that you can buy for 69.99. Unfortunately, it's expensive. 70 bucks each. It comes with you can buy the tire pressure monitor. So Ooh. it'll feed into the Garmin. And you can um, pull up your uh, tire pressure at any given moment.
1: And yeah, I- I'm ridiculously lazy, so that would be great, because <laughs> no, I don't even no, want to admit no. how, how infrequently I um, <clears throat> check my, my tire pressure.
0: It's very convenient. But it's 69.99, and I want to say, is this a pair? I want to say this is each. Can't remember when I was looking at it. I remember thinking, "Wow, that's I have to buy two of those." But I might they be should wrong. Come in
1: a set of two. That would be ridiculous if they sold them individually.
0: Uh, I'm trying to see like how on our site it doesn't say when it's sold each. Yeah, Ugh. so it's seven dollars each for that. Thing And then it has a couple other fun features in it, like, you know, your trip meter, it has a fuel meter, just like the last one. Really, the main upgrade is the menu interface, the speed of the processor, and then um, this tire pressure monitor doodad. Mm -hmm. But it's, for me... It does everything I need it to do. I just haven't actually been able to go out and ride with it. So I don't know.
1: And if you're lazy like me, they uh. also make uh, tire pressure monitors where you buy them individually and much less than $70 mm-hmm. each. Where if you keep your tire pressure, I don't know, let's say consistently at like 38 in the back at like 32, mm-hmm. then you can buy a 38 PSI tire pressure gauge yes. and then buy a 32 and then there's like a light that that is constantly on and when you see the light off that means your tire pressure is different something like that i've seen those products on the market so yes um, if you were wanting tire pressure uh Uh, monitoring um, the utility but not necessarily buying the Garmin or the Zumo or what what have you then um, there are products available on the market to do stuff like that.
0: Yeah I'll find I'll try to find the one I had on my SV and they were like three dollars each or something or four dollars at the dealer and you pick the pressure you want like Christy said Mm -hmm. the one I had it was cool it had red yellow and green. Like Ew. a little valve inside. So when you looked at the tire, the um the valve stem, it, the color told you whether it was high, medium, or low. So huh. green was fully pumped to 38. Yellow was, oh, I'm getting lower. And red was, I'm really low. So it hmm. was cool to just eyeball it. And I would double check it every now and then to see if it was really what it said. And mine was pretty good. It never leaked. It was always on point. I never had a problem. And you can buy them at like Cragen Auto Parts. Like this isn't a motorcycle thing. You can add, it's a car thing. Yeah, Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. I'm but- not
1: even going to admit how much extra lazy I am <laughs> checking my car's tire pressure. Let's not even go down that
0: road. Well, you could put them on your car. Then you don't have to do anything. Yeah. But there. Yeah. She yeah.
1: wears, wears Adnet <laughs> because she doesn't check her tire pressure as often as she should.
0: Well, I'm obsessed <laughs> now. Every Ever since I switched off of the crappy tires I had before because I mm. love my new tires and i I don't want to lose the performance that I've gained from yeah. my pilots and because <clears throat> I hated those diamos so
1: much and also if you're someone who's uh, doing a lot of off road but you also ride street and you don't swap out your wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have knobbies, you definitely want to be monitoring tire pressure because I'd imagine that you go one direction and you're going to have some seriously faster wear than, you know. Sorry, some random You run uninflated or less inflated, um, depending upon your school of thought when you go off-road. So if you're going on street, you should definitely be inflating your tires a little bit more because I think that would probably wear your knobbies down faster
0: definitely i mean not yeah i'd say for any tire certainly keeping them inflated you're you're killing your mileage you're killing your tire it's just not not safe um so i i got that and then the other thing i got well this was in september but i finally did a review of my track pants my revit cena leather track pants Mm. so i posted that on my reviews section under pants and um they're great there i've only been able to wear them about three times but they're really really they run really tight actually they They fit like a Dionysia pant. I feel like Hmm. they fit much slimmer because they're trying to do a race pant, um, but they're great. I really like them. I just didn't spend a lot of time because I didn't want to buy a suit for one track day, which is Uh to me economically just, it's kind of dumb. I mean, okay, yes, you should do a one piece if you're doing track days, if you're, if you're habitually getting into that. But when it's your novice track day, like you've never been to the Mm -hmm. track, You've never done a day. This is pretty much how it should go. Is you you're not they're not teaching you to race. They're, this isn't race school. And a no. really great great school will have novice instruction, like level one, two, and three, or red, white, and blue group, or something. <laughs> and they funnel you into the the basic group. The I've never been on a track group. And mm-hmm. they walk you through the process. You're orange. Yeah. Right. Or, and they give you like a blue vest or whatever. So your whole goal for that day um, is to really focus and fully concentrate on your writing technique. You're not there to outdo the people in your class. You're not there to keep up with your instructor, so to speak. I mean, you know, given that you're riding the minimum speed limit, you know, you're not going 25. And they're there to help you find your pace. They're mm. also there to make sure you're riding at a safe pace and that you're following the lines that you're you're following the um, the cornering <coughs> excuse me, the cornering lines and your technique is spot on, not your speed. And there's something they teach you or that a lot of track people will tell you that slow is fast. When you really focus on riding better, you all of a sudden are going so much faster and you have no idea and it feels like you're going really slow because your focus is there and you're really honing in on where your entry and exit is. So it's all about skill. And if you're there like I was and my husband and my coworker, the three of us, it was our first time here, my, my second track day, but our first time on the East Coast, our goal was to ride better, was to figure out how do we ride better, how do we ride our motorcycles better specifically, not how do we drag our knee. It and it wasn't even about how do I get to the next group. It's not even about that. It's yeah, how do I make sure I'm riding this bike safely? And my can I tweak any of my riding techniques or skills or body position? Or can I relax something better? Or can I look more? What can I do to tweak my riding technique and style to make me a safer, better rider. And, you know, or maybe you bought this bike and you're, maybe you're transitioning. Maybe you bought a Harley, you've ridden a Harley for a really long time. And you decided, you know what, I really want to switch out to touring and you bought an FJ09. And now you're like, wow, this is a whole new experience for me. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to, how I'm supposed to do this on this bike, Mm -hmm. A track day is a great way to do that you know to get you familiar with your ride like oh I didn't know that this bike could do that you know you're not dragging knee on that you're just maybe pushing it a little more than you would on your Harley because you never had something other than that so it's just a great way to get really familiar and and for me um, it was hard. I found it challenging, and it should be challenging, but in a really fun way, not like a you want to cry. Like mm. you don't want to walk away crying in the corner. It's it was fun. It was really exhilarating. I had a blast, but I had a hard time at times and I I was really challenged by one the fact, well mainly the fact that this bike is so upright and really
1: mm. yeah.
0: The reason why people are on race bikes our lean forward is, well, it's easier to corner. It's it, it's way easier to take a corner and the bikes just fall right in. That's what people refer to as flickability. They're very flickable and they'll just fall in the corner without you doing anything. But the more upright you are, you have to really push. So if you find yourself, maybe you're on an F700GS or maybe you're on an FJ09 or you're really upright and you're like, why can't I corner harder why am i having such a hard time leaning into that corner push you have to really push that handlebar down forward into that corner to make it drop in because it's not a race it's not race style because if you jump on like a gsxr 600 oh boy the the slightest little push on your hand and oh my god i'm in i'm leaning in the corner how did that happen so for me i'm trying to like figure out on this bike how do i ride it a little better and, I, and honestly, I'm a little, um, it's a little scary because you, I think by nature, when you're on a motorcycle, you're like, oh, if I lean over too far, I might fall over, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's everybody's natural. I mean, like in MSF class, it's like all over every student's face. Like, I'm going to fall over. I think you were over. to
1: take a video of most people when they say, <laughs> oh, I felt like I was leaning too far over. You've got like uh one degree off of vertical you're you're at like (laughs) two o'clock oh my god i'm too far over and then they show you the video and you're like not really oh god okay
0: so it's all very (laughs) yeah it's all very natural that natural apprehension and and i have it because this bike is so new to me and also because it has way more power than the sv did the sv was half not at half but about 40% less horsepower at a very different RPM you know I can go 80 in second gear in this thing and it's scary like I one day I didn't realize I hadn't shifted out of second (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because the bike's so powerful at that. And it was kind of, it was crazy.
1: Yeah, that so, happened to me on that KTM 1290. <laughs> right? And that
0: you could do in first gear. I can't do that in first, but I can do no, it in I second.
1: Would, I didn't hit first. I was in third, just comfortably going but 85, you thinking, oh, okay, could this is in first. unlike what I normally do.
0: Scary. So yeah. getting comfortable with, you know, the more power for me was a huge goal. And just figuring out, okay, you know, how can I how can I just refine my riding style? So track days are wonderful for that. Oops, I highly recommend finding one. There's also really cool street classes, too, like Street Masters, where they have a track, but it's only for street riding. It's not for track days. Mm -hmm. And there's, oh, there's also schools. I think Jessica Zalewski's school is advanced street riding on the track. They use the track, but it's for advanced street riding, so there's no one-piece suits there's no track prep it's maybe tape up your bike or something um but it's all focus on using this track to ourselves so we can do real world street riding on it so yeah um, i mean it's yeah
1: it's like being able to hone your skill and focus on just you and the bike and not an oncoming traffic so just imagine they've taken Mulholland and closed it down in both directions and run running one way all those people could use that that's kind of what you get out of your average track school, because most of them, um, you know, two days, track days, however you want to look at it. Um yep. I think everybody can get something out of that class. It's not just teaching you how to become a racer.
0: No, 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 no. Even and if no. a
1: racer is teaching the class, that's they, not necessarily the end goal. No. So.
0: And if you're going too fast and riding out of control, they'll probably kick you out because that's dangerous. That's If you're trying to ride above your skill level and you're really not focused, they they may even ask you to step aside.
1: And yeah, I'll those t- are also the people I don't like riding with normally.
0: Right. And the funny thing is, I feel like the, those beginner track days, they weed a lot of people out. Um, mm. When we started that morning, there were like 30 people. When we left, there was eight. Although wow. a lot of people leave early. I'm like, you've paid $200 to be here. And they will ditch the last two sessions. Like, by the time we got to the last session, no one, there was no waiting, and I went around the track like six times, seven nice. times. So it's it's such a great opportunity. So I I bought the Zena pants specifically because I want I don't want the knee pucks because I'm not there to do that and I am nowhere near that. But yeah. what I wanted was the fit. I wanted that tighter race fit. Um, and I just in case if I crashed, I didn't want to crash in my street pants, too. But I also don't have in my in my closet, in my vast closet, a sporty pant, a sporty hmm. track pant, because all I do is street riding. So I thought it's a good thing to have. I'll wear it more than a suit. 'Cause I'm only gonna wear a suit at the track. I'm not gonna wear that out on, on the street. It's just for me not comfortable.
1: <laughs> it's like wearing a, a business suit to a business casual attire. You're yeah, like overdressed for well... <laughs> the occasion, and so when you're the dude that shows up in the full like one piece tracksuit and you're just riding the countryside, it's it, like uh It's partly
0: that. I mean
1: not What's up with that guy. <laughs> not
0: so much for well, for me it's not so much that. It's just comfort. Like when I get off the bike. I can't pee. Yeah. When I want to go into a restaurant, oh, yeah. I can't going take to off the my coat. was
1: the worst with a one piece. Yeah, I'm
0: like it just doesn't fit my riding. I'm not going to ride it on the street for my lifestyle, but I, I actually have no problem wearing it for protection on the street. But um, yeah, I, I knew I wouldn't not, get my money out of it.
1: I have the not quite puck, but you've seen my pants, the pony pelts. They have yeah. plenty of plenty of drag protection on the on the. no,
0: no they have armor. They don't have drag well, protection.
1: Yes. Oh. But I mean. If I were to put some, Yeah, I'd scrape the pant if I were to put something down. Sure,
0: you have a ton of abrasion resistance there.
1: Definitely more uh, than a street pant.
0: Well, those are street pants. What do you mean? But I mean, but
1: I mean like what I would consider street pants would be my... Um, oh, your textiles. Great hairs. Yeah, yes. like the textiles.
0: Definitely. Um, these, these or the, or the Gear 2s. But...
1: The Gear 2s have less than than that particular pant.
0: They're the same. No, you're you're pretty much you're wearing pretty much a very similar pant and protection from a pony to a gear. They're they're really in the same category. Um, the pony's not really any closer to a track pant. It's track fit, but they're not that much different. They'll huh. do a great job. I mean, you're going to have really good protection there. But um, all of the track paint gives you is just the puck. so you can wear that down instead of your leather. So in the fit, like the fit was just really tight. Like really, really tight. So if you're shopping for Revit xena pants, you have to size up one. Unless you're really slim, like really, 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 really slim through the hips and thighs. But if you're kind of average, um, average weight and a, you know, a little bit curvy, you have to bump up just to fit. Because I had a hard time fitting in them, and, and even in my regular size. So I did a review on that for you. I'll have more. I'm gonna try to work on getting caught up and do a bunch of reviews by the end of December. Cause I have boots and um, I have gloves and I have that backpack and I have a bunch of things to get caught up on but
1: yeah don't even get me started about gear reviews <laughs> so I have a few to like get a year behind on. on that stuff
0: I'm going to try to I'm going to try to finish it by the by um, December so that's that's what we have left in the um, kind of gear corner um, let's jump into bikes Let's talk about all these wonderful motorcycles. Yeah. So all I would say about.
1: let's start out with some of the things that they may have been introduced at at Achmed, but um, we did have the opportunity to see them up close mm-hmm. at IMS.
0: I just told um, you the ones I found. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Ducati Scrambler yeah. now has a little baby brother. It's called the 62, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I didn't see that. Let's see. Um yes, the 62 S I X T Y and then the number 2. Oh, okay. and yes, I remember. So it's the 400 cc L-twin cylinder whopping 41 horsepower. <laughs> um Perfect. air-cooled scrambler junior. I think some of the cool features about this bike are the fact that it has a a steel fuel tank, a metal hmm. fuel tank hmm. as opposed to most which are plastic. Oh. Um well, so that can... kind of that kind of goes in with the vintage CB kind of scramblery type, you know, uh, aesthetic. Uh, Pirelli dual sport tires. I know you're not a Pirelli fan. Um, alloy wheels, um, you know, round mirrors, round headlight, wide handlebars. Kind of really close to what, you know, in my opinion, vintage styling. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Price point. I have no idea. Um, How
0: much is a scrambler?
1: I want to say it's like eighty nine hundred bucks. It's got to be like somewhere around the 8000 eight to ten thousand range. This has so g- got to be for a four hundred cc. You yeah. are not going to see it drop any lower than five because the three. You know, is they're probably listed as low as they possibly can. Oh my but god! Just because you drop the CCs doesn't mean you can cut the price in half. It's seventy nine ninety five. The the sixty two.
0: Seventy nine ninety five.
1: So what's the regular scrambler?
0: I think you're right. I think it's eighty nine ninety
1: nine. Check that out. Yeah, because see, the problem is, a, it's a Ducati. B, yeah. um, it's just hard to get uh quality if that's in fact what this bike has at such a, a lower price point.
0: Eighty four
1: ninety five. Yeah. So the price to tag 99.95. not 95 I. Personally, for a 400cc, wow. I would not drop that kind of coin. No. Um, I would have to be Holy very crap. impressed. Uh, very, very impressed in order to have my first bike be an $8,000 motorcycle. It's, only it's definitely in the thumbs up for the CC range for yeah. a first bike. Um, I'm wholeheartedly, I think Joanne and I both in agreement that something under 500 CCs would be best served as your first motorcycle. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. That's
0: expensive.
1: That has to be a bike that you're willing to, once you've grown into it, still hang on to it. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see, huh. uh, what kind of people are attracted to a 400 CC Ducati that runs a pretty hefty price tag.
0: Yeah, very hefty.
1: We like were talking blocks. about this. I can't remember who I was talking about with it, but to have like an engine platform where you could detune it, like my engine is, my, my engine is the twin BMW that's called the F650GS or now the F700GS. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, can't keep up with BMW's renaming of that motorcycle. Yes. That twin is a detuned engine. For my motorcycle. And it's the same one that they use. For the F800. Yeah. So they've taken some of the zing out of it. And quite honestly. If you could find a way to have one engine. Where you've taken some of the zing out of it. And you sell it. As the 399cc. Or, or whatever. You know cc range you're talking about. And then. Not have to buy an entirely new bike. But put it back in into that Mm. motorcycle so in other words like kind of temporarily castrating the motorcycle's power yeah so that you can learn on it and then release that once you've reached a certain point then that would be something that i you know personally uh putting money out on the table would be interested in doing because it's a bike that you're really in love with or you're just not in love with the price tag for the size of the engine, and you know that you're going to grow out of it, and you know that you can also sell it. Joanne and I have talked about this. Yeah. It's easy to go out and get a bike that's under 500 cc's, that's a beater that you can, you know, bikes are never permanent. But I think if you were to buy something new off the line, me personally, I have not done that yet. Yeah. Um, I would want something that if I was buying it as a beginner or, a, or an intermediate that I would want to grow into, and to not have that option, like... It yeah. really makes an $8,000 price point.
0: Tough, tough yeah, I was thinking a good alternative, uh, affordable alternative to this is the Bolt. Yeah. Right, because the, they have a classic one, right? It's classic yeah, it's and the, 500, 400cc? I think the,
1: well, I'm not looking at wheelbase and I won't dig in for stats, but um, the Bolt is actually more engine. Hmm. Price points better, perhaps, but the bolt is actually a eight or nine hundred cc.
0: I thought they made a a bolt that was smaller, or You're young... the v a V star. Um, there's another little bike I'm thinking of. My I think girl. star,
1: yeah, the star motorcycle line has like a V star two fifty or something like that.
0: No, there's a, there's actually a little standard, and it's kind of scrambler in its riding style, right? Upright. Oh,
1: SR four hundred.
0: Am I thinking of that? The SR400 Yamaha?
1: is a 400cc Yamaha, um, definitely a lower price point than the 8K, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's classic and the only, It definitely has classic styling. Mm-hmm. The only uh, downside is that it is kickstart only. It oh. is not electronic start, electronic. That hmm. Actually, some of the guys I was hanging out with at IMS uh, huh. were telling me that uh, Yamaha or Star, uh, depending upon how you look at it, um, yeah. made this CB-looking bike. And I was like, oh, the SR400, it's Kickstart. And they're like, no, 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 it's not that. And so we actually walk over to the booth and they yeah. run right towards the actual <laughs> bike that I was saying. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah that one. SR400. And he looks at me and he's like, oh, I had no idea this was Kickstart. That, that must be tough really? on a beginner. To be honest, I've never tried to start one of those bikes. I've never ridden one. But, um... I did ride with someone who took it all the way from L.A. up to uh, Carmel. Yeah. Well, hey, whatever works. And he could have ridden whatever he wanted to. He wasn't compelled. You know, he he had his full choice of, you know, the entire Yamaha star lineup and chose the SR400 because it's a fun little bike. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there are plenty of options. Um, Thankfully, we're getting more options in, like, the the 400cc. But, uh, you know, like I said, it would be cool if if somehow they could find a way to take, like, the regular Scrambler engine and detune it to make the 62, but then sell some sort of package where you can pop, you know, the, the full capacity of the engine back in.
0: Yeah. Well, what else? Well, what else do we come out with? Or sorry, so Ducati
1: <laughs> also came out with the X Diavel, which, if you saw some of their marketing, X marks the spot was a marketing campaign that they were doing up to the point where I think it was uh, ICMAs the official release of the X Diavel. But um, they actually had this motorcycle at IMS and. Uh, well, I'm not particularly someone who gravitates towards a performance cruiser. Um, definitely, this is the year for performance cruiser and for yeah. cruisers in general, in my opinion. Just because um, Victory also had a, a release of a very interesting looking concept bike in their cruiser lineup, and, as well as you know, Indian adding a couple of cruiser light motorcycles to the market. So really, I mean, this will be an interesting year for for cruisers. Now the X Diavel is a uh leaner version of the uh the power cruiser the the original diavel um new uh new Testastretta engine that was enlarged to a little over 1200 cc's so same same bore different stroke um so this will be uh it'll be interesting to hear feedback on this bike how how much different is it from the diavel obviously you've got a little bit more power i think but um yeah i don't know i mean looks pretty cool if you're someone who's looking into more performance and less kind of sluggish cruiser Mm -hmm. um characteristics then certainly going to ducati and having them make a a cruiser if you will Mm -hmm. definitely gonna be a little different yep uh ktm also came out with some stuff didn't they um, you know, Super Adventure 1290. Just more adventures. It's like the the standard adventure, the lots of adventure, the super adventure. Oh,
0: <laughs> and Super Duke. And they came out with the new Super Duke GT. It's for 2017, oh, yeah? though. So it's a little more power. Well, actually, it looks like it's dance. It's supposedly it's 173 horsepower, but it's 2017, the Super Duke GT. So... I guess
1: Super Duke GT. Yeah,
0: slight performance difference. Aesthetically, it has a little windscreeny thing on it. I don't, I'm not quite sure like where that fits in there, but it's. I mean, it's based on the Super Duke R. To me, it looks like a slightly touring version of it with heated grips and switchable traction control, ABS and some riding modes, but it has the little screeny thing on it. So I think it's for the Super Duke folks who actually want to travel more maybe, and they're trying to make it a little more super touring-y. Has a quick shifter. Wow, cruise control. Mm, Electronic suspension. So a little upgrade from the Super Duke. Nothing exciting in the small displacement side of things, but for you people looking for... Lots of power and more power. <laughs> Lots
1: of adventure. And <clears throat> their adventure <throat> and lineup that, like, is, trick. is almost puzzling. Granted, I'm not a uh, super KTM person. I really mm-hmm. only know the 390 and the 690 pretty well. Mm-hmm. But uh, is is their travel, as they have it, um, is all the adventure line? Mm-hmm. And there's a 1050, 1190, 1190R, mm-hmm. and a 1290
0: <laughs> Super. Yep. Lots of which, adventure.
1: When I'm looking at that, there's not a lot of displacement difference since usually no. the number aligns with the engine displacement I, so I, I
0: think it's like this super Duke r to g t It's just some minor comfort differences you know with a screen and heated grips so you can tour on it versus not you know I think slight model differences for people who want to use it for different things, but yay, for more k t m options. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what else? Moto Guzzi also came out with something else.
1: Yes, they did. And uh, and no, this. hold on. What is this? It's trying to keep on point with the uh, IMS versus other, but uh, we'll just we'll be all over the place just for you. And and again, if you ever are interested in what we're talking about and referring back to links, we have show notes on our website at motorific.com. Um, there is the Motoguzi V9 Roamer and a V9 Bobber, which is kind of a, a, a tweak a on the V7.
0: So Motoguzi's trying to come out, trying to compete and, uh, give you a nice alternative to, uh... And
1: I actually kind of like the, the white tank with the red striping on it. It's kind of cool. Not a, not a particular fan of the golden yellow, golden rod color that they've got going. Oh, I haven't seen but, that But, um... Hmm.
0: I love the people they have test riding on these bikes for the photo shoot. They look so, like, unhappy. I don't know why. Oh, that's pretty.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah, do you like the pretty... white tank with the, the red striping? Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Very pretty. From what I know, um, the people that they use on these are, especially in, like, the cafe and youth targeted market, <laughs> are, like, more more on the trendy side. Yeah. And actually, I can't remember what what motorcycle it was. But they used one of the VVMC guys, one of the oh. new members of the Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club, made oh. his debut as one of the models in one of this, oh. in one of these articles. That's so exciting. That was kind of a trip.
0: Oh. Yeah, they're pretty. I these Gucci models are certainly really pretty and give you a, give a really nice alternative to like a Sportster. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it's anything in the classic American market. Um,
1: yeah, and the V7, you know. Yeah. I've, from what I've heard, is a is a nice bike. I've never personally ridden it. I, I would not would turn it. it away.
0: My coworker ha- coworker a friend has one, and she adores it. Except she had to upgrade the suspension. So the ah. only downside to the V7 is it's stock. It's preload is that's it. And if you're a tiny woman, you're gonna need better. You're gonna have to upgrade the suspension to give you a softer, a little bit softer ride. And not as stiff, especially for touring and any kind of day riding. Um, because th- that bike, like most bikes, are set up for 150 pound men. They're just not set up for 125 pound women.
1: 150 pound men, really?
0: Most bikes are set up for like an average How is guy. They like? Is an more. average
1: guy 150? Or more. Wow, you know, I'm starting 100- to so fat.
0: 170? <laughs> guy! But <laughs> they're know. just set up for big guys. They're not set up for hey, little well, women.
1: Keep in mind, I'm not, you know. Not far off the 150.
0: You're very far off the 150, but the problem is, is that the, you know, I feel like m- another maybe
1: another 15 pounds of Twinkies and I'll be right up in it. Sure. Um,
0: <laughs> the oh, oh, I think a lot of these bikes are just they're thinking about a guy buying these. Yeah. And, oh, and, absolutely. And some of them, like scramblers, sure, they're thinking about women buying them, and they do adjust things um, for smaller people. But um, that's the only downside I've heard about that V is just stock suspension. If you're smaller or lighter, you need to upgrade, get an Olean's, get some, get new front fork, something to get the balance better. But I think Moto Guzzi's are really pretty. They're really nice. They're just not my lifestyle, but i totally ride one. They look like a lot of fun. So what else? Yeah, so
1: I like that. I've liked that V7 uh, for a little while now. Did we t- But um,
0: we talked about the Yamaha last time, right? The XSR900. We did, right?
1: Uh, don't believe so. Okay. Because they just did the soft launch of that motorcycle. Okay. Um, if we talked about it at all, it would have been the 700 that they released in Europe. And then U.S. got oh. floods and floods and floods and floods and floods of calls. Hey, when are you guys getting the yeah. 700? It's Was like, that, well, okay, yeah. Let, uh, <laughs> let us, like explain the difference and it's funny because you would automatically think that as anyone who's been in the the press and i'm excluding myself because i have not anyone that has been in press for you know 20 some odd years motorcycle media would know that just because they launch a motorcycle in europe or japan does not mean that it's automatically going to come to the u.s no and you would more or less, if you were at a uh, publication with enough traction, be one of the first to know if it is, because you would be on their list of press launch or yep. if they sent out a press release. But you would be surprised how many people call up manufacturers like the day of there's some release at ICMA. They must get the most phone blind phone calls during, during the ICMA releases because it's like, oh, I want in on this bike. And you're like, whoa, hey, yeah, um... So this is the deal with manufacturers in North America. is that unless, unless you're Victory, unless you're Polaris, unless you're Indian, mm-hmm. or even Harley to some extent, because yep. they are technically an American manufacturer, those are the only manufacturers that control the American market. 100%, they have total control because everything that they make is sold here. Yep. When you have a manufacturer that's in Japan or Europe, um, what happens with the North American distributorship is that there is a behind-the-scenes business thing going on. So just because Japan makes it doesn't mean the U.S. market, first of all, has enough interest to support it. And likewise, even if there was interest in the American market to, let's say, carry the 700 over the 900, uh, talking about the XSR, that doesn't mean that uh, Japan is going to sell it to the North American distributor. (laughs) What that means is it's... It's out there. There could be some negotiations, but you know, if you want to buy 1,000 units of the 700, then what we might do is force you to also buy 1,000 units of a bike that you know isn't going to sell in the American market. Mm-hmm. So believe me, it's not just like a, um, here's a list of all the things that you can order from Japan yeah. or Takati Europe or... Um, you know, uh, Moto Guzzi in Italy, and let me just check the boxes over the duds that we want to exclude and all the cool bikes that we want to carry because they pretty much have very little control over that. Not everything you see in Europe will ever trickle over here. I'm absolutely certain that, you know, a lot of interest and and door knocking and, hey, we really like this, may uh, trend it one way or the other. That might have a little bit of impact, but it's predominantly we're the... I think the weakest distributor as far as European and Asian yeah. uh, motorcycle manufacturers go. I'm sure that the U S is better than others and getting better, but I, we can't call our own shots with what we can import, but getting back to the XSR 900.
0: Mm. <laughs> Are we getting that?
1: What went on my momentary tirade. Um, Looks like a pretty sweet bike. Definitely not something, you know, like Joanne. I'm I'm hoping I'm not going on a limb by us saying, yeah, probably not really your first ride, because it's a uh, basically 850 cc's, uh triple. But um, I think that uh, it's definitely a strong contender for you know after you've taken your your first 500 cc's and beaten it around to uh, to upgrade to something like that. Loosely, very loosely based on the FC nine triple engine, but uh, a lot of differences between those two models.
0: So what? You else? like it? I um, uh, sure. I dig it. It's pretty. It's cool. I'd certainly take it for a spin. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's you wouldn't take it out fun. of bed. Uh, maybe. <laughs> sure. Why not? I don't know. I guess I'm just such a I'm such a monogamist I I, I'd, I think I'd have a hard time if I had multiple bikes because I I mean I really love mine and if I had another one in there I'd be I'd it'd be really hard for me to not ride it because I miss that so I don't, I don't know someday I'll be wealthy enough to have that as a problem
1: yeah so um, I don't know I I personally like the uh the black and yellow anniversary colors but on this particular bike, I'm kind of digging the uh, the brown seat in the in the brush tank. I was not at their soft launch in Hollywood I think a, a week or two ago, but um I don't know I think I'm gonna like the shiny thing over the hmm. uh, black and yellow anniversary thing, hmm. if you will. I'm
0: still I'm taking those. Goosies. So
1: look for the pricing on that, which will probably fall somewhere between the FJ and the FZ yeah. in terms of cost. Yeah. Um, and uh, that'll probably be sometime available in the spring. What else? I think have one And more then uh, also the Indian Scout 60. Oh. So in addition to Ducati making a smaller Scrambler, Indian has also made a smaller Scout although smaller by definition is 999 uh, cc so still not really something that i would say hey yeah it's your first bike run with it um but uh uh modestly smaller than the scout i believe the scout is like uh just under 11 the regular scout hmm. so this is similar to ducati you know you you just can't get a a fine motorcycle that has slightly smaller ccs for substantially lower price, so the the regular scout I think is around ten to five to eleven and this uh, scout light the uh, scout sixty is uh eight thousand nine hundred ninety nine so just under nine thousand but definitely cool looking bike only five hundred and sixty one pounds wet, so fully loaded. Um, basically uh you know not not bad um like i said i haven't even been on the regular scout it'd be interesting to ride the both of them the visual is very close they look virtually identical but for about two thousand dollars less you you lose uh about a, a little over 130 cc's in one gear but it's still the same uh quality product so if you're looking into a slightly smaller uh cruiser, perhaps not long distance bike, it's hard to say. Um Scout's usually based for one. But uh yeah, great great contender, you know, once again another year for the cruiser. We
0: need more cruisers. No, we need more <laughs> We need more of these. I want to see more of these.
1: And then, of course, the Victory Ignition concept. So you'll see no. the X XSR 900 as well as the Indian Scout 60 as well as the uh, two Ducati models that we talked about at the IMS shows. Um, so if one of them is coming near you, inter- I think MotorcycleShows.com is their website. If one of those shows is coming near you, you will see that in addition to the well, Africa Twin which was uh, launched at the IMS show in Long Beach uh, a couple weekends back. And if you're in New York, you will see another product launch for one of the Polaris brands as well. And maybe the Victory Ignition uh, concept bike will be there because ICMA and IMS Long Beach were so closely together that any of the bikes that were... Traveling around as prototype in Europe, did not get a chance to make it back to the U.S. So, uh, so Victory's ignition concept, which was based on Project One Five Six, did not get back in time to land in Long Beach, but uh, still a very, very cool look on on a traditional Victory product. Um, so it'll be interesting uh, how this translates as a concept bike into what they manufacture there are still some very distinct victory elements of this bike but it is it is a, in my opinion aesthetically a good attempt at a departure for what victory has been putting out because the, i don't think the performance has ever been in question on a victory it's just the styling has just not been exciting and i know a lot of people if anyone that i'm friends with listens to this i'm gonna get a beating but I can't help it. I'm also not a cruiser person. I'm just looking this, looking at it as, 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 as from an aesthetic perspective. If I can get my words this morning,
0: yeah, it's hard though when you're not a cruiser person because I'm like, eh, whatever about all of these.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I will say my opinions are based on someone who isn't, you know, 100% diehard cruiser. So, yeah. um, you know, take that with a grain of salt.
0: I'm all about the nakeds, and we got another naked i think is way more exciting well maybe right i don't even know if this is coming to the u.s did you, the bmw oh.
1: ah the three the, the 300? three hundred yeah the 310 okay. so i can talk maybe a little bit about this stuff too. yeah is that coming um, here it is except it's not going to be until oh what did he say the second or third quarter of 2016, 2016. sure
0: that that makes sense
1: so that will come. They did not have a prototype out at the uh, motorcycle show, yeah. uh, IMS. If I'm, uh, I certainly hope they didn't. If I'm saying that they didn't, but um, probably had a bike. Yeah, pretty sure they didn't. Uh, so they did not have that bike out. They also talked about the R90 scrambler, so mm. a high-piped version of the 90, slightly different. Um, just as a random thought there's a lot of same engine platform multiple variations on a theme also going on in the industry so that's i think kind of something interesting to think about in yeah. the background um as we're talking about this stuff but uh what BMW what the VP of North America i believe did say is that there will be 13 new BMW models when between September of 2015 i think when some of the stuff started to leak out through the end of fourth quarter 2016. 12, so, how many models? 13. Jesus. Pretty sure. Pretty sure he said 13 new models between so, now and the end. So, not I'm pretty sure not all of those models are going to be on a completely different platform. Right. Other than what BMW currently offers in terms of sport bike and, and GS off road and that kind of stuff, but I think the majority of them will be quite surprising. So obviously mm-hmm. we can include the R9T scrambler, which is yep. a variation. We can include the G310R, yep. which is the lower uh, or the uh, smaller displacement BMW. We can also assume that those thirteen models, and granted, not all the thirteen models are going to be available in the U.S. Yep. Um, we can assume that at least two or three additional models will be the sub 300 cc category that bmw's partnered with uh, tvs i believe in india mm-hmm. we can assume that those models are also included in the 13 mm, maybe so you know that in addition to perhaps some some other surprises i mean i'm just kind of okay well bmw start unleash some some fun stuff uh, that's a little different maybe a little daring we'll yep. see
0: yep Ye for us. Ye for more models. I I like the 310 because it's a naked. It's a little small displacement naked. And Mm -hmm. not a retro naked, but a modern naked. And the others in that category is the CV300, the Duke 390. Does Cowie have something in that? No. Just the Ninja.
1: Cowie, yeah. They have their Ninja.
0: Oh, Suzuki has a GW250. Or is that still? I mean, are they even still making that? Yeah, the G.W. Although you can get the fairing version of that. Um, so I think like the smaller displacement nakeds are exciting. I, I'm hoping Triumph comes out with one. They really need to. Maybe in 2017 we'll see a a mini mini non triple or something. I don't know. But I'm I'm always a fan of the nakeds. I like like how that looks. The 310 is supposed to be a little bit lighter. The single, just like the Duke. Um, I think supposed to have a slight, you know, average low seat height, you know, not like a 35, not like a 28, but I think it's like a 30, um, 30.9 30. and it's a wet weight of 350. So under 400 pounds wet, which is nice. Um, hopefully the tank isn't, the tank actually looks decent. Like hopefully it's not too wide and, um, just makes it heavy when the tank's really wide like that, then it definitely kind of put, pulls up your center of gravity higher so hopefully it's skinny and long to give you range but uh lower center of gravity it just looks really fun they actually have a woman on these test photos on these demo photos in sneakers
1: oh Mm. man well it could be uh dynasty sneakers there's there's a remote chance that they're like the alpine stars type sneakers that have slightly uh, added motorcycle protection slightly um but it looks
0: hot though i I definitely like how it looks. Hopefully it'll be like five grandish. I'm guessing I don't know that they would price themselves as high as Ducati would.
1: Well, but, considering they have the benefit of having those motorcycles manufactured in India.
0: Yeah. You would think it would be There a is bit that lower.
1: possibility. The only thing you have to wonder is what is the actual finished product, fit and finish on, on a bike like that made in India, what will happen there? Yeah. Because um <clears throat> as we're aware the parts for the street series of Harley Davidson were manufactured in India but assembled in the US. Hmm. And the fit and finish on those bikes, if you've read any of the reviews, not hmm. positive. Hmm.
0: Because, like, well, I wonder if it maybe be like the Enfields. You know, Enfields are, um, I think they're all assembled in India and they just mm-hmm. bring them over. So.
1: Yeah, that that Who doesn't knows? seem too bad, but I haven't ridden an Enfield that was manufactured in the US.
0: I don't think they are yet.
1: So I wonder if um sorry to use this term, I wonder if they're castrated at all in terms of like yeah. performance. I mean a lot of times that uh there's a difference between the european and the american models it's because yep. our emissions are yep. so restrictive here in the u.s and yep. this is coming from an environmentalist who might understand and appreciate that it's probably a little too restrictive um but that's usually what happens with the performance being totally different
0: okay last bike the Bimota. i haven't seen this i just heard about it
1: yeah, it's pretty um weird looking. Hot. Oh
0: god, it is really weird looking. Interesting. The Do you in...
1: like how there's no forks? <laughs> yeah,
0: what the what? The what? Is that a concept? This is a concept, bike. Yeah,
1: totally a concept. Yeah.
0: Like, hmm that's not that wasn't written there. That was toad. Yeah. Mm.
1: Well that that's pretty. just like a flashy, not really something to go into huge uh talking no, point, but this is pretty the, bimota tessie cafe racer uh, bike we have included a link if you haven't already seen it you should definitely go to our show notes and check it out because it is probably the weirdest looking bike you will see i think the last thing we can talk about is your uh the redesign of your sv650
0: Oh, that's right.
1: So the SV650, speaking of naked bikes, that's right. I think that if, Ducat, if a Ducati Monster and a Yamaha FZ09 had a baby, it would look like the redesigned Suzuki SV650. How it would act is a totally other uh, question altogether, which mm-hmm. we won't find out until they do their press launches for that motorcycle. But if they're even going to do a press launch for that bike.
0: It's probably the same engine. I know they redid a lot of the parts and whatnot, but... I mean, I believe it's the same engine, and they've just tweaked all the other things around it, right? Like, the, like to me, it still looks like a gladius, because it still has that, you know, weird copied trellis frame. Mm, well, that's um,
1: what makes me think of um, the monster.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... But it's like compete. trellis
1: on one side, and then on the other side, not so much.
0: Let me take a look at it again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know... I, I don't know how how much better that is over just a classic sv like do you spend 3500 on a classic sv which is lightly used or do you go all out whatever probably eight grand for this is it worth that extra money they've added a mm. few extra
1: parts for four more horsepower a and more horsepower. improved fuel efficiency
0: Hmm, more fuel that's good which is good fuel efficiency is nice
1: um, Different piston design, yeah. Electronic fancy fuel stuff induction. that goes over most of our heads. ABS, improved torque.
0: Yeah, so you get some nice upgrades. You get some LED brake lights. Let's see, new digital instrument cluster. So yeah, some nice upgrades. A few little upgrades. But um, sounds like just really a modernized version of the uh, mm-hmm. of the SV. Hold on. Can I find a better article? This article is not good. Let's see.
1: They've tweaked the shape of the gas tank. And uh the seat height as uh stock is thirty point nine. Which is pretty good. Thirty nine?
0: Mm-hmm. That's not any different than the last one. Last no. one is thirty and a half.
1: But, but I think they're... that you're going to run into like for something like uh, a competing FZ07 or FZ09. Yeah. I think that's probably uh, right on par or slightly, slightly shorter.
0: Yeah, I think they're all in the like thirty to thirty-one side. Mm-hmm. It's really ergonomics because um, one thing about the SV that I and do they not offer like...
1: the ABS is an optional model. Sorry to interrupt.
0: Yeah, although the older SVs had ABS, I think the later models, like the twenty on uh, two thousand nine just like the last couple years, I think you could get it, but I don't remember. Um, Looking at it, it certainly looks a little better than the old model, but I still see, I still see more of a Gladius, but hey, it's just, it's really, I think a lot of it's aesthetics driven, Um, depending on the price point. Let's see the price point is going to be on this guy i think that's going to be the struggle like do you spend more money for these upgrades or do you just save some money and try to find a a gently used one with just a slightly different aesthetic the curb weight's the same 430 um, 435 for the abs model so that's still in line with the last one um I would be more interested in the ergonomics because the ergonomics on the other SV not the or S What killed you? Um no well yes on the S model but no I'm talking about the standard to the standard because even the standard model the tank is longer than my triple and so the bar and the bar angle the like the rake it's rolled a little more forward and it and it, the, the hand grips don't taper in as much. So the reach was longer forward, um, even in the upright position. So it was comfortable, but just not as tight as the triple, which I love for that reason. The tank is shorter on my triple. Um, it's, it's a little shorter and longer. So I get the same fuel um, capacity as before, but now the ergonomics are just tighter and neater. Um, i wonder if they if they tweak that at all Ooh, at least the exhaust looks far more far far better than this mm-hmm. t- than the old stock yeah, and the lights definitely look they don't have that kind of classic suzuki look to it yeah it definitely looks better so i mean if you don't like the way the svs look and but you like the sv then you'll probably love the newer version because now you get a more modernized look Ooh, they have a color matched wheel option it's like white and blue yeah, you get a fancy ta- tack, super fancy digital digital readout, which is nice, or upgraded digital readout. Um, yeah, some nice little, nice little tweaks, you know, you still get fuel injection and all that good stuff. Some different colors, Pearl Mirror Red and Pearl Glacier White. Interesting. So see if it does as well as the old SV did. I don't know. I feel like that's gonna be an interesting um contrast. Like how many people are gonna shell out for the new S V.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, should see. I have no but I have no idea what their sales are like on the Gladius. Like I wonder how how well that was doing or um
1: I think um the bike before the Gladius was doing great. And then they went ahead, tweaked it, and then uh lost a lot of uh yes customer appreciation of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well I, yeah, the changes they made to that to the new one, they just they they dropped a few things that that the classic owners really liked like fuel economy like fuel like the old ones had four and a half gallons 4.4 and they dropped it down to like 3.8 or something so you lost a little bit there but i think a lot of it was really aesthetic driven just because they changed so much of the, the look of it but this looks a little bit more like a little old and a little new there's like a little bit of each in there um but our options are always nice definitely all right. Any more bikes? I think we might I think we hit most
1: I of I think them. we're biked out and okay. uh, Joanne's hungry and we have been talking for quite some time. I so I think breakfast. this is a, a little bit of a makeup podcast, yes. if you will. Yes. Um, so I think we'll cut it at the end of, of those bike reviews and uh, gear and whatnot. I think I covered everything that I destined to cover. So.
0: And we should be back in two weeks. Um, I will be out of town next weekend, but I'll be back in two weeks. Where are you going to be?
1: I'll be gone the following weekend, but we'll talk about where I've gone <laughs> when I come back. I will um, be here all month. There okay. will be a, a fun, fun little uh, relaunch of the Costa Mesa Dinese store. So oh, yeah. Um, Alan told at me. At a minimum that. we'll be able to talk about that when I come back.
0: Okay. But yeah, I think is our next one
1: will be, our next one yes, our next one will be three weeks off. I'll be oh okay. Well So maybe what is it, the twentieth twentieth?
0: maybe i have a christmas party on the 19th i'm
1: hosting sure no worries some sometime around that time frame so christmas week expect us to come back in three weeks yeah christmas week and uh maybe we'll do like a try to jam one in before the holidays yeah suck me out like a last minute
0: christmas one or something but i'll be here all month i'm not going anywhere i'm gonna stay in town. all right so that's it for 76
1: yeah thank you guys for listening if you're just tuning in you can find us on itunes you can also find us on our website uh, if you want the desktop version at motorific so that's terrific with mo in front of it uh motorific.com and i think we're on like stitcher and some other apps Mm -hmm. but uh Thank you for listening. As always, we'll we'll try to turn one out in another 3 weeks. Apologies for the delay in between, but that's the that's a small price you pay for free. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's not really free. So we'll talk to you later. Thanks.
1: Bye. Bye.